as a baby Christian, I found myself in a church that preached falsely. And although they were using the standard, they were using it carelessly. Yeah. And so we often see that that excuse, well, they are quoting scripture, they are... Like I said, holding a Bible, like we're talking about the standard, like, but they are, that is the standard. The standard is the Bible. Um, they, they make sure to, to tell you that if you hear God tell you something, just make sure it lines up with the Bible. Um, <laughs> but I would say one thing that I would encourage any, any new Christian or any sister that has recently come out of deception as, and has left a false church or um, disassociated from you know a, a false ministry or a false teacher um, and is pursuing um, sound sound teaching and sound teachers is to either find a book or there's there's videos uh, on YouTube for sure or hopefully pray that if you are in a sound church talk to your pastor about biblical hermeneutics that was a term that i knew absolutely nothing of and it's something that i believe every christian should understand and hermeneutics is just a big fancy word to describe how we interpret scripture and there's different layers to that the authorial intent uh, what did the author mean who is he speaking to? Right. You know, how do we study scripture in context? And yeah. that just now sounds so silly and so simple. We hear our brother Chris Rosebro say, context, context, context. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we can't we can't press that enough that we need to learn how to rightly divide the scripture. Yeah. And that is something that hopefully your pastor at your at your local church can teach you and that would be a big red flag to me if if my pastor ne- didn't even know what the word hermeneutics was <laughs> hi there and welcome to the love six scribe podcast where we talk about biblical truths current topics and where we grow in loving the word and loving the one who is the word jesus christ I am Dawn Hill, and I am the Love Six Scribe. Well, hey, y'all. Thanks for joining me on the Love Six Scribe podcast. Today is a little bit different, and I normally cover just a specific topic, but I have a really good friend of mine here that came to visit, and her name is Emily Massey, and I have hijacked her for this episode. <laughs> So we can have a discussion about uh, ministry, about women, discipleship, and and ultimately the standard that we are to stand upon as believers in Christ, because that's something we've had some really good talks over the past couple of days, and I really enjoy having those talks because I think it's really important that we find fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that want to talk about what is important as far as the Word of God is concerned and the truth of it and wanting to understand it better so that we can glorify Christ. So, Emily, I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you for having me, Don. And I would like for you to tell everybody just a little bit about yourself um, so that they, if in case they're not familiar with you, that they kind of understand your background. 
Yeah, so my husband and I, uh, Paul Massey and Emily Massey, both of us, we um, have a ministry together called We Would Rather Have Jesus. And that that name uh, actually was created out of a desire to glorify God with our lives and not be entangled by uh, the alluring prosperity gospel that my husband actually was born and raised to believe. And we met at the church that he grew up at and I was a very biblically illiterate Christian, a new baby Christian, and just trusted the things that he was teaching me and, and, and I was learning at the church that he grew up at to be uh, biblical um, because the pastor held a Bible and would quote scripture and would say the name of Jesus. And we'll get on with that topic, I'm sure, later um, as we discuss this as far as the standard of Christianity is concerned. Um, so our ministry basically started as a desire to help people out of the prosperity gospel movement, help them out of the word of faith movement and even the NAR movement. We had shared our testimony of coming out of the word of faith movement with Doreen Virtue some years ago, back in 2019. Um, a little piece of our, our testimony is that we both worked for Joyce Meyer Ministries. Um, we were originally from St. Louis, we now live in Florida, but a lot of our friends, a lot of the friends Paul grew up with uh, worked there. It was just a common thing um, in the charismatic movement, uh, even within St. Louis locally. Uh, many, many of the charismatic churches, you would find people that worked for Joyce Meyer. It was just something that you did and it, because it was right there in, in St. Louis. Um, so he, yes, he and I both worked there for, for a season and uh, the Lord opened our eyes and pulled us out of that movement. And now we warn others about that movement and just want to give them resources and point them into, in, in the right direction of how to find a biblical church, a sound church that, that preaches the word of God, preaches the gospel without compromise, the you know exegete scripture and line by line teaching. And so we, we want to be glorified arrows and help people uh, come out of these false, false movements, very similar to you and what you do. Um, so our website is we would rather have Jesus.com. We have a resource page on there with uh, books and articles and and different videos that have helped us through the years. We wanted something like this many years ago that nothing like that really existed. So that's really where that was birthed. Um, and how we met is we were both interviewed for the American Gospel 3 project. So that's how Don and I met. Over the last, I would say, couple years, the direction of our ministry started to go along the lines with women more so because I was starting to see a lot of the emails um, and messages and comments and things on our social media uh, were coming from women. And just that was, that was a majority of who we were hearing from. And so I really saw a need to uh, help disciple women specifically who were coming out of these movements. And so I really had it on my heart to start a support group online and not just a Facebook group, but where we could have face-to-face -face discussions as sisters in Christ of what it looks like to walk out of out of these movements and how do we, you know, pick up the pieces and, and keep moving forward and growing in Christ and 
learning what it means to rightly divide the word of God and just help get these sisters equipped. So I launched a, a support group called Snatch from the Flames in September of 2022. And that was right around the time where you and I started talking. Yeah. And you joined in and then <laughs> we continued to, to grow in our friendship. And we, we really felt like the Lord would have us go into ministry together. And so that's what we've been doing the last handful of months. And it's been awesome. And we pray that it glorifies God and it leads others closer to Christ and growing together in fellowship with each other um, as sisters in Christ. I've been really thankful to be a part of the, the group, the support group, because um, like you, I've been getting a lot of emails. Sometimes it's it's more consistently and on a daily basis, but I hear from a lot of women that are coming out of this movement in particular, and there's so many emotions that they go through and so many questions that they have. and. Some women are fearful of even going back to church. They're afraid. They, they can't trust themselves, which they don't trust uh, that there's good, solid leadership. They don't trust themselves to understand Scripture. They are, they're just fearful that they're going to fall into deception again. And um, one of the things I know that we are very adamant about in that group is encouraging these women to find a solid biblical church. That is one of the first things, along with understanding the gospel, I know you come across this too, is that a lot of these ladies may or may not have, they may have heard the gospel, but they may have heard portions of it. Maybe they never heard it at all. Maybe they heard another gospel, a distorted gospel, and they have a really poor understanding of from what they've been saved, why they need Christ, what he actually does, that he's not here just to bring us health, wealth, and prosperity, that he's not just here to grant us everything that we want in this life. It's it's very important that we understand the gospel yeah. and getting in a solid church. And so I've been very thankful to be a part of this group. It's very humbling uh, when you have women reaching out to you and they're sharing, pouring their hearts out, yeah. pouring out their, their struggles, and what they've gone through, the difficulties, a lot of spiritual abuse, um, and trying to help them navigate as best we can um, into, the, into the right areas. So I really appreciate you inviting me to be a part of that group because that's what I really wanted to do, and I know that's your heart too, is to, yeah. to help these women and to glorify Christ. I know that we've been talking a lot the past couple of days about different areas that uh, we've noticed as far as when we interact with some of these women. So if you don't mind to maybe kick that off and we can kind of bounce back off of each other, what are some of the things that you've noticed when you've interacted with some of these women that has been troubling or that has been a primary issue that really needs directing? I would say one thing that I noticed is once these women, their eyes started um, to open, they they were terrified to really listen to anyone else outside of the camp maybe that they knew was safe. And now they know this camp isn't safe. This isn't, you know, this isn't biblical. For, you know, as the Lord was beginning to peel back the layers. And number one, I, we, questions we would get and now, who are false teachers? Right. So can I have a list of, of these men and women that I need to avoid because really they're at such a place of lacking and discernment and they have they're realizing that they have been deceived and they don't they don't even trust themselves right so they're for them to even come to one of us they're having to become very vulnerable mm-hmm. and really just 
you know, a leap of faith, trusting that these, these people, these ministries that they're reaching out to, like Dawn and I's, um, that they would be the ones that would be telling the truth and, um, letting their guard down. And so they would want a list of who, who we need to absolutely avoid, um, who should, who should we start listening to? Um, what do you think about this doctrine that I hear, um, I've heard to stay away from a specific camp of people because, you know, X, Y, Z. And really they, they they're so, um, desperate to be pointed in the right direction, but there's also so much anxiety that, that surrounds that because, you know, like any one of us, once we realize we've been deceived, we don't want to be deceived again. So I, that's something that, that's where I would come in and first and foremost, if they have left their church where they they knew that there was red flags and, and they were coming out of this deception and God was opening their eyes, we need to get them pointed into uh, the direction of a biblical church, absolutely, so they can be shepherded and taken care of their soul, taken care of spiritually. And then, like you mentioned, making sure that they have heard the true gospel. Yeah. Um, and very often, I don't know if this happened for you, and not even just being involved in the American Gospel Project as as a favoritism or anything like that, you know, like we had a bias. <laughs> I truly would direct people, Paul and I would direct people to watching the American Gospel yeah. film, the first one, yeah. in Christ Alone. We want to, first of all, say there's nothing wrong with preaching morality. We certainly don't want to preach the opposite, immorality. But moralistic preaching, or sometimes identified as moralism, is preaching the commands of Scripture or the morals of Scripture and nothing else. Just pretty much saying to people, you be a good person and God will love you for that. And while we do not intend it, that is not just a sub-Christian message, it's actually an anti-Christian message. I was hearing from the Sermon on the Mount from Jesus, here's how not to be sexually immoral. But then I'm thinking about the passage in the Sermon on the Mount, and the whole point is to try and tell us, you're not sexually moral. Your righteousness should exceed that of the Pharisees, and you think that it's about keeping these lists of rules and the Ten Commandments. Well, I say to you, and he, he takes it to the heart, and he says, if you have lust in your heart, then you're falling way short. And he, he concludes that section in Matthew 5 by saying, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. But that's not the sermon that was preached. It was, you can be pure, you can be sexually uh, moral, and here's your 10 tips. A lot of these men and women, like I said, majority of them were women that we were hearing from coming out of this word of faith, prosperity gospel, very man-centered, moralistic, therapeutic deism. Mm -hmm. Um, That's also mentioned in the American Gospel film. If you have an opportunity to watch that, there's some chapters on that, very Joel Osteen, that we would direct them to that film because it just, it explained things so well um, and also the gospel so well in that film and even the free version that's available on YouTube right at the very beginning is you hear the true gospel and it's sadly... (laughs) So many have not. Um, they might hear the phrase, the gospel, and you know that being said, but the gospel is sadly not being proclaimed in many churches today. So those coming out of these movements, 
may not even realize that they've, they've never really been offered the true gospel, the forgiveness of their sins, the justification by faith alone in Christ alone for his glory alone, just the simple, the simple gospel. It's not, it's not complex. Um, not to be mistaken with full gospel. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but that's another topic for another day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could definitely relate to that as far as talking to some of these women. And also, quite, it wasn't, it's not been that far back, but I started thinking about having a resource page because I thought, I, I really have some women that are reaching out and they're asking these poignant questions and they're asking about certain topics. And I know that I am not the me, the end all by any means, and I don't want to be that for anyone. And I know that you feel the same way. It's If anything, it's a supplement to what they should be getting yeah. at a solid church and knowing that they can glean from other people, but ultimately they really need to be in that solid church under a good shepherd, and they need to be in the Bible daily for themselves, yes. studying the Word, reading the Word, listening to it audibly on on apps, whatever we need to be doing in that capacity, but we need to be in the Word daily because that's how we keep ourselves out of deception, and that's how we keep ourselves grounded in the truth of God's Word and that we can walk in His ways properly. Amen. But one of the things that I did a little while ago was create that resource page because I wanted women to have a place that they could go to find some answers to things. And one of the first things that they come in contact with at that page is the gospel. Because if you don't have the gospel right, then your foundation can crumble and it's not a solid foundation. And so, and, and I've talked to some of these women on the phone at times and listened to them. And I've always made a point. I want to, before I leave that conversation, I want to share the gospel with them. I want to make sure that they've heard it so that they have a clear understanding because my fear is that these women have not heard it and that especially coming out of the hyper charismatic and the new apostolic reformation, Mm -hmm. there is such a twisting that takes place and, and really it, the, the gospel gets, it's either a, without a cross, (laughs) it's, seems Christless. It's man-centered, like what you said. Mm-hmm. It's diluted. It's convoluted down to, to mean things that ne- was never meant to mean to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then I find myself, I think we talked about this the other day, and forgive me if I can't remember where I, I think it was in Second Timothy, wasn't it, yes. that I talked about that? Yes. Help me out for just a minute. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I think 2 Timothy 3. <laughs> One of my cats chewed on the, or that, I don't know if that was my son. I'm going to blame an animal, but the, a couple of the <laughs> edges are gone that I have that I've used for several years. But there is a passage in here that really, I think it's in Second Timothy yeah, 3. Second Timothy 3. Okay. Um, and I'll start in verse 1. Yeah. It, so it says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, Mm -hmm. burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. What is so interesting about that passage 
is it it highlights women yeah right there yeah. in verse six to capture weak women who are always learning and never able to a, a, arrive at a knowledge of the truth yeah we know the truth of god is found in god's word and so there are so many things out there so much information at our literal fingertips where we as women are able to learn constantly just bombarded with all of this information and like i i think of silly things like the enneagram and and your different you know personality types mm -hmm. and all the different personality tests that you can use and those things become filters of how we see the world and that's 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 not how the lord wants us to arrive at the knowledge of the truth is you know knowing ourselves better so that we can you know walk in our destiny and fulfill <laughs> our purpose and you know all these like we were talking about all these online courses that are available so like we're seeing all this information it, it's not to say there's information everywhere and we can always be learning but what are we learning and ultimately uh, what do we use as our standard for the truth? Yeah. Um, standard for the truth, standard to know who God is, and having you know a having a biblical worldview view um, as a Christian must come through the lens of Scripture. Yeah. It cannot come through any other means. And sadly, women are being captured. And you know, in the ESV, it uses the term weak, mm -hmm. um, which some may say that's a very offensive thing. But we see that as, as a woman who has let her guard down and has allowed these things to lead her astray because her foundation was not the word of God. Yeah. Um, and then we see the list all, you know, at the beginning of that chapter, all these things mm -hmm. that they would come in contact with. These are all the people that, that we would come in contact with. And that's not just worldly people. That's th Those are people that are going to be in the visible church. Right. Um, and that's where the enemy is at work the most. Um, and we are to avoid them. And, you know, in Romans... 16 17 specifically to false teachers we are to mark and avoid them and that's yes. what you and i do um not to bash anybody anybody but for the love of the sheep and the love of truth we must avoid those people because they will lead us astray from the truth yeah so one of the things that we had talked about with this and that was a scripture that had come to mind with the, with the weak women the weak-willed women that were captured by these doctrines and these burdens with sins and and passions and being led astray and and we know even from the very beginning of creation um scripture says that eve was deceived mm -hmm. by the serpent yep. because she didn't stand on the foundation of what god had spoken yes. it wasn't sufficient enough that she was deceived because of what the serpent tempted her with and they sinned against God. They rebelled against God. It didn't have anything to do with them giving up their dominion or them falling below the standard that they that God had set for them to be little gods or anything like that. It was ultimately they rebelled against God. They sinned against God. Mm -hmm. And because of that, sin entered the world and death is what Romans talks about that yeah. death entered because of their sin. And what we wanted to really focus on today along with this for those that are listening is coming back to having a high standard 
of truth because when we're talking about women and women's ministry, one of the things that is is very much a snare is there is a extremely low standard yes. for truth. There's a low standard for teachers and, oh, well, you know, not everybody's perfect. We were talking about that, that, you know, you can't expect everybody to get it right all the time. And that's a straw man argument because none of us are perfect. Um, but at, I think during our conversation today, you were mentioning about even James talks about that, that teachers will be held to a higher standard. They will yeah. be judged more strictly. Right. And that no one should really rush to be a teacher um, because that's that's a serious thing. When you're teaching God's Word, then you need to understand that, that there's a sobriety to that. There, there needs to be a heavy reverence for that when you're um, demonstrating and you're proclaiming the Word of God and you're you're representing God. So with that, when we're talking about the, the low standard and the qualifications for leaders... Um, because that seems to be low as well, especially if people um, are caught in moral, what they say, moral failures. I remember hearing that in this movement. Oh, they were in a moral failure, and people are re reinstated very quickly. Um, the the standards of Scripture are ignored. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that importance of for women and having biblical discernment. You know, there's different areas that we see in ministry. We see uh, we're bombarded daily by many different things between books, um, social media posts, who we follow on social media. We have um, webinars now. We have e-courses. We have work uh, work uh, books that we can do. We have these workshops. We have um, conferences. conferences. Podcasts. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like this podcast right now. Right. <laughs> um, Use your discernment, ladies. Yes. Um, and, you know, at the conferences, I mean, that's a big one when I think about that. I remember going to many conferences in this movement, and it was always in the back of my mind thinking, oh, I wonder what, what the Lord's going to say to me in a prophetic word through somebody, or I wonder what God has for me. Or There was always this thought of very selfish. I, I mean, not that I didn't love the Lord or it wasn't mentioning God or tipping your hat to God, but it seems very self-centered. Mm-hmm in these types of atmospheres and these environments because it really is focused on what God can do for you instead of you dying to yourself and following Christ. And and again, the cross is very much diminished a lot of times or made little of or people are offended by it, rightly so, because the cross is offensive. Can you talk a little bit about that as far as that standard, as far as what you've observed and maybe even share some of the things personally that maybe you observed in your own life as far as that low standard? So when I look at just... America. We'll just stick with America because that's obviously <laughs> where we're from and what we see and interact with ladies. Uh, majority of the ladies we hear from are from America, but we do hear from other, other oh, yeah. ladies from other countries yeah. where this stuff has infiltrated yes. uh, churches most definitely. Um, but as far as Christianity and the view of Christianity in America, that standard is incredibly low as long as some people think as long as somebody's holding a bible as long as they're quoting scripture as long as they're saying the name of jesus as long as these songs have some type of mention of jesus in them that they're you know it can be slapped on the label of christian can be slapped on it and nobody bats an eye and so we have all these books that have infiltrated 
Christian bookstores back when that was even <laughs> really a thing, you know, sat, I mean, I don't know, that could be a good thing that some of these have closed over the years, um, the brick and mortar ones anyway. Um, but under the Christian label, you know, at Barnes and Noble, for example, that that's, that's still uh, a brick and mortar that's, that's open these days. But what is allowed to be labeled as Christian is is most often not yeah and it's it's very terrifying that I, I think of new Christians who do not know baby Christians they don't know any better they just love Jesus they want to follow Jesus um, they want to know who he is and they want to learn and so I'm thinking of an example um, in my own life I just I wanted I wanted to read more I wanted to learn in addition to the Bible but I remember asking the church office that you know where I was attending um, what was some good books would be to read and one of the books that was offered to me was Rick Warren's Pur- Purpose Driven Life and um, a lot of a lot of people may not know this about about that particular book but at the beginning of it, it it talks about your purpose in life it's not about you this the statement that rick warren makes at the very very beginning of the book but the irony about it is for 40 chapters all it is is about me that all it does is point back to myself and what how i can um basically enjoy my life and you know you know tip my hat to christ but being so consumed with how i can walk out my calling and my purpose and so that's just one tiny example i mean that was obviously an extremely well-known best-selling book that's just one little one in evangelicalism we have so many books that that are labeled christian that when we actually use biblical discernment, we see how so much of the scripture is twisted and it's not God honoring, it's not Christ exalting, it's man-centered and man-exalting. And it probably doesn't teach us very much about God and his word, but it, it, it talks a whole lot about you know what God can do for you and how he can make your life better. Um, and I think of music, I think what you hear on the on the radio, on Christian radio, um, a lot of these, uh, I'll just go out and say it, false churches are promoted on K-Love, for example. That that one's well known. But even, I, you know, being from St. Louis, we, we had a radio station there. And I remember the slow fade where maybe they started playing Hills. You know, they always played Hillsong. That was always popular. Um because that was a that was a very uh, large influence that they had um, around that time, they, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. But then they started to play Jesus culture and mm-hmm. started to play Bethel and yeah. what we would deem as a little bit weird, you know, like it's not as embraced within uh, certain non denominational churches they would kind of frown at some of the practices, but they were so, I mean, absolutely willing to play their music. And now all this music is now infiltrated churches that would say no to their practices, you know, Bethel and more of these hyper charismatic NAR churches, they, they would reject their practices, but they're totally willing to sing their songs. And I mean, obviously there's tons of podcasts (laughs) and information and videos on just that topic alone regarding music. 
And then, you know, like we had mentioned about the seminars and the workshops and all the different discipleship groups that you can join, but not just for free, that, you know, you're, you're paying for it. It's coming out of your pocket yep. um, under the guise of, you know, Christian discipleship. And I don't see anywhere in scripture where we are to pay for something like that. You right. know, it's the, it's the great commission that we would preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations, but make sure you charge them nineteen ninety nine a month. Yes. Um, that, <laughs> it's pr- it's pretty wicked. Um, and on top of that, telling adding to the gospel, not for wanting, not even proclaiming the gospel, but then adding saying that the full gospel, which you touched on a minute ago in this movement, they will say the full gospel is if you don't have miracles, signs, and wonders, if you don't cast out demons, then you are not presenting the true gospel. That is a sticking point for me that I that I see that with the deliverance ministry and such is that it's really creating and perpetuating this bondage. Mm-hmm. In people that they they don't have that freedom in Christ, right. um, and it's really sad. But you're charging people twenty dollars a month, twenty five dollar, whatever it is, um, or if you give a discount for a coupon code or whatever, <laughs> and then you're charging them monthly to be discipled by something that's not even biblical. Right. That's terrifying to me. Yeah. That you would disciple someone in something that's not even testifying of Christ and it's not even bringing true freedom but it's ultimately bringing legalism it's bringing bondage and it's it's pulling that person further away from Christ um, and and onto themselves or onto other things that are really going to do extensive damage to people that just that just really stands out to me when I think about that because I think I think you had mentioned we have a sister in Christ, Doreen Virtue, that's in the New Age. Mm-hmm. And what was it that she told you about when she found out that we were doing this discipleship and that we do free, that we don't, that we're just offering this support for free as an encouragement? Right. What did she tell you? So she she was encouraging me that what what we were endeavoring to do was was just it would be such a blessing to women. And what was so tragic is in her. Her former world and the new age, they would jump at any opportunity to charge people um, to, to, you know, join an online, just even a, a one-time 30-minute seminar or, yeah. or whatever, webinar. Um, any chance that they could get to charge people for a service or for their, for their gifts, um, that they would take advantage of that. So... Being able to offer this group to these ladies once a month for free is, it's just, it seems natural. It doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like that's something, I mean, as Christians, like I said, discipleship, unless you're going and you're going to get a certificate or or something like from an institution that would be accredited, um, you really, we shouldn't be charging our brothers and sisters for, for, uh, helping them grow in the Lord, right, and that it just that's tragic to me. That's it's um, it's just making merchandise out of people, yeah. and we we know what this the word says about that. Um, that false teachers do that. So yes. that's another red flag if you see that. Not all the time, but uh, money is usually sadly at the at the heart of a lot of these things. Yeah, and you're seeing a lot of the new age and and things creep. They've been creeping in. It's not a new thing. They've been seeping in for a long time. And I mean, I I walked into the New Age section one day at uh, Books A Million locally, just out of curiosity to compare 
what that section looked like compared to the Christian section in Books A Million. Now, I know that Books A Million is not a Christian bookstore. It's secular. They have all kinds of stuff in there. But I wanted to just kind of compare and just to see. And it was really startling to me and eye-opening because when you're talking about something like dream interpretation, for example, Mm -hmm. I had a dream interpretation handbook. I had a dictionary. It was it was really thick. It was about that thick. I threw yeah. that thing out uh, yeah. not long after I came out of the NAR. Um, but I remember spending weeks, weeks if not months, trying to interpret a dream mm-hmm. and getting so sucked in to that stuff. And what's alarming is that I saw similar dictionaries in the New Age section. Similar symbolic things in there of coming to the same conclusions about stuff. And there's just a lot of things I see that are very similar to the new age that have seeped in. But dream interpretation, that's a big one. People are getting visions, um, hearing the voice of God for yourself, experiences, um, getting really pulled in to those things. And again, it's showing the the standard is very low yes. for truth. Yes. It's showing that your experience becomes the standard upon which you rest and you're not spending that time in scripture to know what God is what has he, he truly said. Right. Um as opposed to getting swept away and pulled away by things that are highly likely your vain imagination. Right. Um could God give dreams today? He's able. He's able to. <laughs> is that normal? That is that a normative thing? No, yeah. it's not. And yeah. that and the thing that that's happened in this movement is that a lot of things that have been descriptive in Scripture have now been prescribed yeah. as normalcy. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have these things, then you really don't know God. If you don't have dreams, if you don't have visions, if you don't hear the voice of God internally, then you start hearing it audibly. If you don't have these different things that happen to you, then people again are putting this position of thinking, well, I don't really know God. This person, um, you know, you're talking about Doug Addison right. uh, earlier right. today, right. that he has this a way of interpreting dreams. I know that he interprets tattoos. I've seen him do that before on videos and stuff. Yeah. When you have a dream, let me just tell you this. Some dreams are symbolic and some are metaphoric or, sim- you know, uh, excuse me. Some are symbolic or metaphoric and some are literal. And the dreams are literal. They don't really need an interpretation. Puts me out of a job, right? You don't really, what you need with a literal dream is an application. What to do about it? With a symbolic dream or vision, anything with symbolism, helicopters flying down your hallway, Billy Graham, you know, uh, appearing in your toilet, uh, just anything that would be symbolic, right, needs interpretation. Those are all real dreams I've interpreted. Well, I, I, I interpreted a tattoo, my first one in 2006, I believe it was, on Venice Beach on an outreach. Uh, with some big guy who was walking by, and um, and I had no idea, but the Lord told me to minister to that guy. I was thinking, why does God always choose the skinniest guy on Venice Beach to minister to the biggest guy? Why the the guy who's into love, encouraging words, and the big biker who wants to kill me? The Holy Spirit hit me, and I said, I can tell you what that tap means. Ooh, he got in my face. Nobody knows. And I didn't either, but uh, (laughs) the crowd slowly parted. All of my team left. It was slow motion. 
And I looked confident, and I always do this, I take a deep breath, and I look up to heaven as if I'm meditating, and I'm actually saying, oh God, <laughs> I have no idea. But the Lord says, open your mouth and he'll fill it. That's my strategy in life. That's why I talk a lot. I told him that there was something that it was commemorating something that he's, he's going to fulfill. Some, that was about some, someone had done something and left a legacy for him. He broke down in tears. He said his buddy got in an accident on a motorcycle and he took over his motorcycle shop. And he got that tattoo to, to commemorate it. And you know, we prayed with that big guy and I was hooked. He's, he's always, he calls himself a times and seasons prophet. And so, you know, you get, you get sucked up into this idea of, I want, I want to be walking in the will of God and what is God doing in this season and this, this time and making it, making even time very, very mystical. Mm -hmm. And as if, you know, God even runs on our timeline. It's just, it's silly. Um, to say like each month there's something fresh and new that's coming on the scene that God is doing um, instead of being content with living a quiet and peaceable life. Right. You know, just just working with our hands and and just being content (laughs) with what we have. We don't need this big, exciting thing to happen to us every single month, this new thing that God wants to do in our life. And in regards to that, what I was thinking about is these books and this these classes, this information ultimately what it does is it pulls us away from scripture yeah we it's just human nature to when we have an amazing experience we want more of that it's just it's in our flesh to uh you know chase after thrills and you know that's why people when they go on vacation and they're they're looking forward to the next vacation because it was just so out of their normal life pattern that they just can't wait they can't you know even going down to to you know TGIF like can't wait for friday like we're always looking for this thrill this excitement to escape yeah the simple and that's not how god has designed our life we we are to be content. We don't have to be thrill seekers. We can enjoy God just in the mundane and the daily and in, in what we do. You know, as moms, we're homeschool moms. Yeah. And that should be just as exciting to glorify God as, as mothers um, as it is to, you know, speak to thousands of women. Mm-hmm. But that's not how that movement operates as far as, you know, what they're trying to sell these women and capture them, these weak women to be captured and led away by yeah. sinful passions of like maybe there is more for me to do than just being a stay-at-home mom. You right. did an episode on your podcast about being just a stay-at-home mom yeah. that you can have these dreams and and God's giving you these dreams and you know your your purpose, your destiny is 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 wrapped up in there and you need to hear God for yourself for for what he has for you and you're destined for greatness and everything is so so self-focused but when we if if we do you know and like you said vain imaginations perhaps we we have this dream that we think is you know like an actual dream at night that we think is from god that like you said spent all of this time trying to decipher and interpret what this dream meant 
and hearing for God for yourself of, of what is he, what is he just pleading, God, what are you speaking? What are you saying um, to me through this? Or seeking after those who would consider themselves prophets and prophetesses. Like, mm-hmm. I need a word from the Lord and going to these conferences and yeah. um, seeking all of these things outside of scripture. It is guaranteed. And this is what happened to me with, with this Doug Addison example in my life was that the Holy Spirit convicted me that I was neglecting his holy written word. And I was I was going to these other sources as my source for truth. Yeah. And my standard for truth. And whether it whether or not he's talking about about the Lord or what, you know, it does not matter if it has Christian verbiage in it. That's that's not our standard for truth, just because they and we know most false teachers they are going to have an element of truth to them. That's how Absolutely. they capture yep. yeah. the weak women. Yeah. Um, so we we have to realize that most often these extra things, you know, these conferences, these retreats, these classes and these, you know, these books, they're they're going to lead you astray from from the word of God being your foundation. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about that, one of the things I do want to mention um, while we're saying that about weak women, because I know that some people may get offended in hearing that there will be women that will say, well, that's just really, that's offensive for you to say that. Let me just say this. I was one of those weak women. So I'm not coming at this, and I know that you're not either of saying, well, look at you people. You're not spiritual enough to discern. We're coming from a position of, of acknowledging our own sin and our own weakness in not going back to the standard of truth for for a time right. and and being caught in deception. So this is coming from a place of loving others to say we know what what this looks like, what this is and we want to help others to see the deception that they could be in. That's what love does is love tells the truth, even if it's not popular and even if it offends, not for the sake of offending, but to love others enough to say, these are things to be very weary of and very cautious of and to be aware of. One other thing I've heard people too, and I know that you've heard this, is that um, when you're coming, when you're out of this movement or people will say, well, you know, people that have anything to say about this, this great move of God is because they've never had experiences and they only, it's, it's the father, son, and Holy Bible. (laughs) And I, you know, I look at that in hearing that. And I, and I think how little do you, do you um, respect and revere the word of God? I mean, I thought that the word of God was was the standard of truth. So when I hear someone say that, it really, it puts a red flag up to me that that person really does not value scripture. And if someone is chasing after, as I once did, chasing after that next revelation, uh, that next vision, that next dream, the next word that you, you feel like you can hear from God, the next narcissetical, eisegetical word you can get just mm-hmm. by plucking a verse out of context. Right. Um, I find it, it, it is alarming to me when someone is a professing believer and they're saying, 
well, you just think it's the Father, Son, and Holy Bible. And they're divorcing the Holy Spirit who authored the Word of God from the very Word of God itself, and they don't recognize that. Have you ever heard someone say that or... Oh, absolutely. And the other thing that I'm reminded of, um, some churches, they will pride themselves on being a a spirit and word, Mm. making this false dichotomy that because we're preaching the word and it being centered on the proclamation of the word, exegeting scripture, equipping the saints with the word and... Uh, the message that is within it, um, that somehow that is separate from the Spirit of God working. And mm-hmm. He uses yeah. the Scriptures. Yep. He authored the Scriptures. And to say that we have to have some type of manifestation for it to be the Spirit of God working um, is just false. It's it, and and is it's this misunderstanding this devaluing of the holy scriptures um and believing that the that the spirit uses some other means um whether that's you know rolling around on the floor or (laughs) feeling feeling your your skin get hot or or speaking in tongues like that that is that is when the spirit's really moving in your life and really you know the purpose of the christian life number one yes glorifying god um but it's to being conformed to the image of christ and the spirit does that through through the word of god and um it's not we we would never say that we're worshiping the the bible this book you know and and, and i'm an object you know in essence i think that's what they're saying yes that we just worship this book and the black and white words are are what we're worshiping and that we believe that that god can't do anything outside of it but that goes along the lines of god put boundaries correct there for a reason and we have been given this and i said this earlier um to i think today that i i don't think that people realize the gift that we've been given through the holy written scriptures yeah that god has preserved it through the generations and that we are able to pass the faith down yeah because God in his perfect wisdom and sovereignty wanted them preserved in written form. Yeah. Sovereignly preserved them. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it, it is really backwards it, to say that if we respect and honor the preaching of the word that we don't believe that the Holy Spirit can move and that we just are putting God in a box. <laughs> and you know just totally anti um any type of experience now we know that that there are experiences we're not denying sure. that people can't have an experience with god and sense his nearness right. and um be moved emotionally you know um during worship or in prayer uh, the lord made us 
emotional creatures right. and we're not know, robots <laughs> right and you know when we reflect and think on his goodness and his love it's hard not to be moved by that but it's it it is tragic how many people um in the I'll just go and say the hyper charismatic movement would say those of us that want to make the word of God our standard they would say that we were completely against the move of the spirit when he's going to use the word and that's how he's going to conform us that's how we're sanctified that's how we learn who he is and um, how our minds are renewed it's just it's a gift and um, I think that that's a beautiful thing to view the, the Bible as a gift I think that we have covered different areas today um, as far as the standard. And we want to, just to reiterate the fact of how important it is as believers, the foundation on which we stand and that we refer back to um, is Scripture. And it, it is the gospel that is to be proclaimed by us. And the gospel can only be proclaimed through Scripture. We know that Romans ten seventeen tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Um, We're encouraged in scripture to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're encouraged to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're encouraged that we are conformed to the image of Christ by the Holy Spirit. There is no way, absolutely no way for us to understand in the ways that we're to walk and, and what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ without abiding in his word. John 8, 31, 32 is always, it, it's been, ever since I came out of this movement, it's been one of the verses that has stood out to me um, because when Jesus is talking to those, that the Jews that simply believed in him, they weren't, it's my understanding, they weren't true believers because they go on to want to try to, to kill him or do harm to him because of the things he's saying. But he tells them that if, if you're truly my disciples, you will abide in my word and that you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That scripture alone, just that right there, was something that really helped me to understand the importance of his word. And that means the written word of God. That doesn't mean my dreams, my visions, my my personal testimony, the, the different things that we can attest to, like you said, having experiences. There were experiences I had in that movement, and there are things to this day I cannot explain what happened to me. And I'm okay with that. There are things that when I tested them against scripture, I found them to be uh, things that had to be rejected because they completely contradicted scripture. There are things that happened that I have no explanation for and it doesn't matter because they weren't, they didn't save me. It was the gospel that saved me. It was the, it was the proclamation of Christ and him crucified that saved me. I'm saying all that to say that those that may listen, I hope that you find this episode helpful today from two Two sheep that that were straying, and that God—I've um, heard Justin Peters say this before—that it's the, like the sheep that perk their ears up at the hearing of the gospel. And um, odd, ironically enough, just to share this too, one of the scriptures that was shared when I was sitting in a service under a, an apostle—and I use air quotes for that, even though you can't see it uh, on the podcast—but. Um, one of the scriptures that was quoted was from John 10, 27, and it was in reference to spiritual sons and daughters 
uh, listening and obeying their their spiritual fathers and and it, he said if you love uh, my sheep hear my voice and they do what I say which if you look that up let me just spoiler alert that's not oh, what that verse that. says at all <laughs> but that is Jesus talking and in the context that is a salvation passage and Jesus said my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and that's the salvific yes. call. And it's I, not just hearing him yeah. whenever you feel like you think and, you hear him. And I look back on that, Emily, and I think, wow, God actually used like a false teacher, yeah. twisted, yeah. like warped that passage. The word does not return void. Isaiah 55, and Amen. I remember that, Isaiah yeah. 55, 11, the word does not return null and void. It fulfills the purpose to, for which it was sent. And he'll use whatever vessel yes. that he needs. And his word is sent to proclaim about his son and to save his sheep. Amen. And I think about that. Man, God's faithful. I mean, even when I was horribly sinful in what I was doing as a false prophet, and I've had people get very upset with me in saying that I was a false prophet and um, denying that there are apostles and prophets today. Um, because again, that is another area where people in that movement, they are used as the standard. Yeah. Apostles and prophets are used as the standard. Whatever they say goes. And if you break that standard, you're coming against God himself. Yeah. You're touching God's anointed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different facets that we haven't covered <laughs> with the, with the, the standard. The ultimate thing is there is one standard Yeah. and it's scripture and God has given us his word for a reason, like what you said. And it helps us. It, it It's almost like the guidelines, the boundaries for yeah. us to follow yeah. in order to know in the way that we should go and that what he loves and what he detests and what we are to stay away from as people that are sanctified, set apart by God himself yeah. to walk in his ways. Um, so since we're closing, I wanted to um, see if there was anything that you wanted to um, add to that or anything, because I really wanted to uh, have you talk more than me today oh, because you're, fine. you're here. You're fine. It's your podcast, but it's good because we get to we get to bounce back and forth off of these things, and I love having these conversations oh, because yes. it's it's really it's encouraging, it's edifying, but it's it's challenging because as believers we're we're not islands unto ourselves and we right. really need fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. I think it's so good to talk to um, other women one-on-one when you're discussing that are growing in the word of God and growing in their faith and and sharpening one another to where we're growing and being challenged to continue to pursue God in that in the in the correct way right. in our faith. So I wanted to ask you if you have um, any thoughts that you want to share before we end our time today. So I think what comes to mind is as a baby Christian, I found myself in a church that preached falsely, and although they were using the standard they were using it carelessly. Yeah. And so we often see that that excuse, well, they're, they are quoting scripture. They are, like I said, holding a Bible. Like we're talking about the standard. Like, But they are. That is the standard. The standard is the Bible. Um, they they make sure to, to tell you that if you hear God tell you something, just make sure it lines up with the Bible. <laughs> um, but... I would say one thing that I would encourage any any new Christian or any sister that 
has recently come out of deception as and has left a false church or um, disassociated from you know a, a false ministry or a false teacher um, and is pursuing um, sound sound teaching and sound teachers is to either find a book or there's there's videos uh, on YouTube for sure or hopefully pray that if you are in a sound church talk to your pastor about biblical hermeneutics. That was a term that I knew absolutely nothing of and it's something that I believe every Christian should understand. And hermeneutics is just a big fancy word to describe how we interpret scripture. And there's different layers to that, the authorial intent, uh, what did the author mean who is he speaking to? Right. You know, how do we study scripture in context? And yeah. that just now sounds so silly and so simple. We hear our brother Chris Rosebro say, context, context, context. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we can't we can't press that enough that we need to learn how to rightly divide the scripture. Yeah. And that is something that hopefully your pastor at your at your local church can teach you and that would be a big red flag to me if if my pastor ne- didn't even know what the word hermeneutics was <laughs> that would be a big tell t- tell tell sign or if he thought it was a person <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's, there's a really good. Uh, I've never heard of hermeneutics. There's a really good meme with uh, good old Joel Osteen. Hermeneutics? I've never heard of him. We're not talking about Herman, Mr. Herman. We're talking about hermeneutics, and this is just how we interpret scripture. And that's the other thing. We we can't use the excuse that you know if we're going to talk about the standard, um, <laughs> but that's just your interpretation. Oh. That, you know, we can agree to get, di- disagree because that, that's just your interpretation. And we, we have to understand that scripture is objective. It's not subjective. It's authoritative. Yep. God meant what he meant. He said what he said and he meant what he meant. And we as good Bereans need to learn how to really dig in what what does this passage truly mean? And and like I said, how do we study this line by line in context? Because sadly, in this movement, they use the Bible, but they just cherry pick verses. They they take things out of context and make it mean whatever they want to mean, you know, depending on the the bent of their sermon of how they want it to go and then they teach their congregants that's how you do that yeah you know opening your bible what do you have for me today jesus mm-hmm. for uh, philippians four thirteen. i can do all things through christ who strengthens me yes thank you lord i needed that word for today well we know that has a specific meaning right. to it and it's right. it's it's not this you can do anything you set your mind to by golly uh, in the con- even just short- in the context of it, it's it's talking about contentment and that we're just content and Christ yeah can help us in every circumstance. In every we're circumstance, yes. when we have a lot, when we have we don't have a lot, 
we can do all things because Christ strengthens us. He gives us his grace. But that that's one thing I would leave them with is if you want more information on what that looks like there, um, if you would just, you know, type, you know, hermeneutics in, in uh, YouTube, I'm sure that there's there's some in particular our our former pastor uh, back home in Missouri actually has a three part course on just a very simple basic and I think we have that on our resource page and I've shared I've shared it before on our social medias but we can also put that yeah we'll put in it in the, the link, link below yeah we'll put it in the link in the um, description being able yep. to offer that uh, just a very very basic course like uh, some people are very intimidated by things like that yeah. and that they don't they don't think that they would be able to understand it but the lord helps us he he uh wants us to be equipped and uh he wants us to understand what his word means and for it not to be this mystical thing that we're just waiting on a word yeah. from, from him it's he's given it to us in black and white and he wants us to use the gift of our minds that he's given us to learn how to rightly rightly interpret it for ourselves yeah the one thing i would leave to along with that is making sure that you know that you have an understanding of the gospel yes because that that really is and that is a serious eternal life eternal death issue um if we have the wrong gospel we have the wrong christ and we don't have salvation if we have the wrong christ um we're we're going to be perishing and so our understanding of the gospel, making sure that we are believing in the the Christ of Scripture yeah. that's testified and understanding why we need Christ, from what we have been saved, um, why we have been saved, and how we are to walk after that, and understanding even simple the things like justification, sanctification, glorification. Yeah. Um, the I know we've talked about sanctification too, and that's another good one we could always talk about another time. But yeah. um, I, that's really severely lacking in this movement. Um, you don't hear those words. You don't hear about the wrath of God. You don't. Right. <laughs> there's so much that you don't hear, but that it's sense. it's biblical. Right. It's in Scripture, and it's vital for us to understand that. And to understand our need for Christ um, and that there is freedom, even though we still live in a fallen world where there's the presence of sin, we still have hope. I mean, we have confident assurance in Christ and that we have not been left ill-equipped, that we have the Holy Spirit and we have his word to guide us. Like, you know, um, was it Peter that said that that the word is to be like a lamp? Um, shining on the path and it guides us. It helps yeah. us. And yeah, it's so, and Psalms, yes, yeah, your Psalms word is a light to my feet and I'm yeah. probably a lamp to my feet and a I light to my path. Quote, you are, he does quote that. Yeah. <laughs> and he talked about that in second Peter one, when he's talking about the more sure word of prophecy, Yes, that you would be good to, to, well, let me just pull that up real quick. I cannot stand when I try to remember a verse and then I just don't do it justice by actually reading it when I have my Bible open right in front of me. So before we end, I, this is one of the passages that, as a former false prophet, this was <laughs> this really stood out to me when I read it. Second Peter chapter one verses sixteen through twenty one. Uh, Peter says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. 
We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing first this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I, I hope that this has been helpful to you all today. I know that we've um, talked about different areas, and this is not a, by any means an exhaustive episode. I mean, there's lots of different things we could talk about with this. But the ultimate goal, um, and Emily was the one that I'll give, I'm going to give her credit for it, is that uh, she was talking about, I said, what can we talk about that would be really good? And she said the standard that we, the, of truth, the standard of the word. And I'm in full agreement with that. And so I appreciate you taking time while you were here to talk about this. And I hope that it is certainly helpful. That's the goal of this podcast is to help others that are coming out of this deception or maybe have some questions and they're teetering on it and to point you back to the Word of God. I don't want to point you to myself. I want to point you back to Christ, point you back to the gospel, point you back to the Word of God. And to encourage you, find a biblically sound church. Make sure that you are growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Make sure that you're staying in the Word daily. Not in a legalistic way, but this is part of your fellowship with God. This is so vital that you're growing in that every day and that you're asking God, God, write your word. Write your word on my heart. I want to know your ways, and and that I that I would not. David said that I would not sin against you. Yeah. We want to understand, and we can't do that when we're relying on ourselves for extra biblical revelation. That I'll, I'll, I'll just be frank. That <laughs> is not coming from God. Right. It's not. Um, when we're having these things that are that are taking place like this, and they're contradicting Scripture, they're denying the the um, the authority of Scripture. Then they're not from God, and God will not tell someone something that contradicts His Word. And so, I want to encourage you in that. And I hope that this has been helpful today. And if you um, have questions or just want to reach out, you can feel free to email me at dawn at lovesubscribe.com. If they want to email you, Emily, where what would be the best address? Um, I would just head to our website, which is wewouldratherhavejesus.com. And there's a tab on there for contacting us and some resources and other things available. Okay, great. And um, if you found this helpful, I, I encourage you, uh, feel free, if you if you want, leave like a five-star review. And that helps people to find this podcast um, so that it can help others. But I look forward to being on here with you guys again. Thank you again, uh, my dear friend Emily Massey, for coming and joining me. I really appreciate that. That's um, I, I've enjoyed having her here this weekend at our home and just having some downtime with her and her uh, wonderful son who's been uh, having lots of fun with um, uh, my two kids. And you may have heard a little bit of that in the background while we're recording, but it's okay. That's just part of, that's, that's life, so it's okay. But um, I look forward to being on with you guys next week. Be blessed today by the truth of God's Word. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at Lovesickscribe. And if you enjoy reading, feel free to hop on over to lovesickscribe.com and subscribe to my blog. 
I've enjoyed being with you today, and I look forward to our next time together as we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and we continue to grow together in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. Blessings to you.